Season 4 of Litcentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K-8. Vocabulary acquisition is key to improving reading comprehension. Book Taco supports students' vocabulary development with meaningful and engaging online activities. I'll tell you more about them later on in the episode. Welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. I've been working on something new based on your feedback, and I'm really excited to share it with you today. As a literacy consultant, a lot of the work I've been doing in the last couple of years has been around guided reading. I do a lot of presentations and trainings and actually live coaching sessions where I demonstrate lessons and strategies with teachers and their own students. And a key to that work that we do together is running records. So for those of you who know anything about guided reading, you know that running records are absolutely essential. You really can't do guided reading without running records. They're just basically kind of two sides of the same coin. And running records are wonderful, but there is a concern that I hear all the time from teachers. It's actually the number one concern that's shared with me. And it's about the time commitment that running records take. Teachers always tell me, yeah, running records are great, but they take so long. And you know what? It's really true. They do take a long time to do. And they often take a lot longer than other assessments. Other assessments might be faster, but they really won't tell you as much as running records do. And that's really the trade-off that we're dealing with. We may get uh, you know, quicker results, but they're just not as informative, and therefore they don't really empower our instruction the way that we want our assessments to do. And that's why I'm not giving up on running records, and I don't want you to either. That's why I created a mini course just for you. It's called Faster Running Records. And in Faster Running Records, I share my nine best time-saving strategies for when you administer running records, including the things you can do before, during, and after administration to save time, energy, and frankly, your sanity. (laughs) And I show you how to actually get in and stay organized and maximize that one-on-one time that you actually have with students. Now, Faster Running Records really is a mini course. You can take this course in about 30 minutes time. And I get you in, get you out, and get you back to teaching, which is what I know you really want to be doing. You can take a look at Faster Running Records for yourself by logging on to litcentric.com and clicking on the Learn tab. And there you'll actually see what we cover in the mini course. So in just 30 minutes, you can save hours, actually even days, out of your school year. It really is that helpful and that informative. Check out Faster Running Records at LitCentric.com in the Learn tab, and let me know if you have any questions. Now, in today's episode of LitCentric Radio, we're taking a look at the writing of friendly letters. Sometimes people just call them, you know, letters, but they are different than, you know, like a business letter, right? They're not nearly as formal, and friendly letters really have a lot of different purposes, which is what we're going to cue in on today in this episode, and we're going to use the text Dear Bear by Joanna Harrison to help us do that. Now, I love Dear Bear because it's really a fun mixture of 
uh, reality along with the character's imagination. So it is a fictional narrative, so of course it's all fiction, but it really conveys, um, the, the character in it named Katie, she really conveys how kids really experience the world. It's kind of that blurred line between fiction and real life. And that's something that I think makes the text really accessible for kids and they really connect to it because of that. And what I love to use it for is to expose students to letter writing. Because in the story, uh, Katie ends up writing a letter to a bear and they write back and forth several times. And so we get to see all these different reasons for why she's communicating through letter writing. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really less about the features of the genre. So we're not talking about, you know, you have to have the date and you have to have a body of a letter and all those things. We're really focusing more on the different purposes that letters can have when it comes to communication. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I found this fascinating when I was working on uh, my thesis for my master's degree. I was focusing on genre studies, particularly in the primary grades, so kindergarten, first, second grades. And I came upon fabulous research time and time again about uh, how we actually study genres, how we introduce them to students, and what are the most effective ways to do that. And what some studies have discovered is that talking about this, the actual features of the genre, focusing a lot of time in that area, is actually not nearly as beneficial as really kind of enveloping students in a genre, letting them, um, exposing them to lots of different versions of that genre, reading about them, writing about them, uh, viewing them in video, audio, really letting students experience a genre from all these different um, standpoints and different perspectives that actually has a much bigger impact on their writing and their understanding of a genre than if we just focus on features. So we're going to keep that in mind today as we take a look at Dear Bear and again focus on the purposes or the some of the purposes anyways for writing a letter to a friend. All right let's take a look at today's text. Dear Bear. Katie liked having tea parties. It meant she didn't have to think about the bear. Well, the bear didn't worry her that much. After all, it didn't bother her when she was busy at home. And she could even laugh about it at school. But when she was at home in bed, however hard she tried, she couldn't stop thinking about the bear who lived under the stairs. Taco offers students so many options for practicing specific vocabulary from the books they're reading independently. Developing academic language, like vocabulary, is essential for reading and writing success. You know it, I know it, and BookTaco knows it too. With BookTaco, students read some of the most popular books on the market and practice literacy skills through a fun online platform. To improve their comprehension of those books, students log in to BookTaco and can choose from over half a dozen activities that support their understanding of key vocabulary the authors used. Students are introduced to words on the screen and have access to definitions, examples of the words used in sentences, and they can even listen to the word being pronounced correctly. For some of our students, this might be the first time they've ever encountered one of these words, so knowing how it's pronounced will be key as they move on to other practice activities in BookTaco. Students can choose from several fun practice activities, like word jumble, where they build multisyllabic words with context clues, and word ladder, where a self-checking quiz combines spelling practice with word definitions. 
My favorite is scrambled sentences. It's just like cut-up sentences that we might be using during guided reading, where students are given the words to a familiar sentence and they have to put them in order and assemble the sentence correctly. This improves vocabulary by reinforcing the meaning of the word used in a specific context. It's a meaningful way to practice actually using the new word that students are learning, and it feels like an interactive game, so students are sure to stay engaged. I love the fact that as a teacher, I can go into the Book Taco system and select the vocabulary activities I want my students to complete. I can turn them on or off for specific students or at specific points in the school year to better match the vocabulary development of my students. You can see what I mean by logging on to booktaco.com and poking around the vocabulary activities with one of your favorite books. That's booktaco.com. So I think you can see one of the reasons why kids love Dear Bear so much is that, you know, as a kid, you really do have those irrational fears. Uh, you know, you're scared of the dark or the monster in the closet or, you know, under the bed, that kind of thing. And uh, this really kind of plays into that in such a delightful way. And of course, it works out very well. And the kids um, get a little bit fascinated by uh, Katie's imagination as she imagines him uh, the bear, you know, going on vacation, he's snorkeling and, you know, you know, has a, and he's camping and snorkeling and enjoying himself. And she imagines all these different scenarios with this bear. And then in the end, for it to be this little teddy bear. And some kids, you know, obviously link that to the parents' involvement and some kids don't. And either way, it doesn't really matter. The point, you know, you get the point of, of um, you know, things work out well for Katie and I really love the process that Katie goes through and this communication she starts with the bear, which is really represents her fear, right? So with that in mind of our letter writing being really purposeful, uh, what I like to do with students is to create a bridge chart that outlines for them the interactions between um, Katie and the bear through these letters and categorizing those actions uh, because each letter has a different purpose to it, in this story at least. And of course, there are many different purposes for why you might write a letter, even a friendly letter. But in this story, we've got four specific ones that we're going to focus on. So for this bridge chart, I like to um, I like to divide it up into four quadrants. And in each quadrant, I put a pair of letters. And I go ahead and put them in the order that they actually appear in the book. And it's easy to do where you can either recreate them, you know, just by writing them out really quickly because they're all really short, or you can do what I did and I just take my phone and snap a photo and just print out um, those images so I can, so the kids can actually see what they look like directly from the book and then I don't have to write it all out. So it's just a nice connection there and it saves time when I'm trying to interact with students and get them focusing not so much again on what the letter looks like or even the illustrations with the letter and all that kind of stuff, but really the purpose behind this um, communication interaction happening between two writers. So when I put these pairs of uh, letters up, one is always from Katie and one is from the bear, except with the exception of the last quadrant, because the last two letters um, in the text really are both written by bear. So one invites her to tea and then one asks to live with them. So that one's a little bit different, but it's still, those two letters are still very much connected by a purpose. So for the first two letters, um, 
what's happening here is Katie is making a request of the bear. So she actually says, please go away. And the bear says, oh, I've taken your advice and I've, you know, I've gone away on vacation. So I glue those two uh, letters in that quadrant. We label it make a request. And then I have students help me pull the language out of the letter itself that the author wrote and quote it underneath so that they get a sense of, oh, the purpose is actually represented here in the ideas and the language being used in the letter. So that really links that the purpose to the communication and language use that we really need students walking away with. It's not enough to just say, oh yeah, they wrote a letter, it's how you talk with people, but actually how is that done? And using these letters as exemplars, even though they're really small, but as exemplars for how you might actually do things like make a request. So in the next quadrant, uh, we add the next two letters, and these ones uh, are really about giving and receiving. That's the purpose of them. And this time, Bear writes first to Katie, and Bear says, just a little present I bought for you. And that's when he uh, brought back the snow globe from his vacation. And Katie thanks him and says, thank you for my present. So that's a give and receive um, you know, kind of scenario there. The third quadrant is about asking and answering questions. So because the bear hasn't written in a while, Katie gets concerned and her first letter to bear says, you know, why haven't you written to me? And the language we pull out is, are you ill? So she's asking him like, what's going on, right? And she gives him a suggestion is, are you sick? You know, is that the reason why you're not writing? And the response letter is, oh, I've had a very bad cold. So there's an um, asking and answering question scenario going on there. And if you think about writing letters, don't you, especially a friendly letter, don't you almost always ask a question? You know, like, how have you been? What have you been up to lately? How was your vacation? Like all those kind of things you, do, you would ask of a friend. Um, and that's exactly what Katie's doing here. And we can see over the course of the story how her feelings towards the bear actually change think about her first interactions being making a request of go away by the third interaction she's now worried about him and asking if he's all right so you know this this getting to know this bear through this letter writing communication has really made a difference on her relationship and her perception about the bear the final quadrant is all about making an offer and here again the both letters are technically written by bear but there's um they really do relate to one another the first one is where the bear invites her to tea. Um, so that's the offer he's making. And finally, he um, asks, can I come live with you? So he's actually, it's more of a request there, but it's still an offer of, you know, um, you know, can we, can we be friends? Can we be in each other's lives? You know, can I come out of the closet and be, you know, part of your family? And so there's kind of an offer and extending of friendship and, and love there. Uh, so again, kids can see how the purpose has changed and how that purpose definitely relates to Katie's feelings and her changing perceptions of the bear. Um, I would actually ask students to use this chart to help them draft their own letter to someone and thinking about what the purpose of their letter might be. Now, the younger students maybe have a singular purpose like Katie did because the letter writing is very brief, only a sentence or two, but with older students, you can definitely show them exemplars of letters, especially ones that you can show them you write that actually have multiple purposes all in one letter. You definitely would ask and answer questions of your friend. You might also make them an offer like, hey, let's go out to dinner. Or you may actually thank them for giving you something, right? You may make a request, you know, can you help me with something? 
Those are all different kind of purposes that could happen in one letter. And that's one of the reasons that genre, although it looks simple and straightforward from kind of a text feature standpoint um, or organization standpoint, when you really look at the purpose behind it and the language needed to, to actually communicate those purposes, writing friendly letters can get really complicated. So the more we can illustrate this for students and show how... Um, you know, this genuine connection between the letter writer and the letter receiver, recipient, um, really makes a very big difference in the, how the communication style plays out. So I hope you'll take a look at Dear Bear. It's been around for a while and it's one of my favorites for talking with students about writing letters. Don't forget to visit litcentric.com and click on the Learn tab so you can learn more about faster running records the itty bitty mini course that's going to get you up and running and save you so much time when it comes to running records during the school year. And actually, a lot of the strategies that I share in that uh, quick mini course can be used with lots of different types of reading assessments and writing assessments, all the kinds that are one-on-one -on -one with students that really take a lot of time and energy from you and the student. You can definitely get a lot of great tips that will help you make that process speedier, but still give you the rich information that's going to move your instruction forward. We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.